So those are the words of Jesus the Christ. It's easy to love people who love you. It's easy to love people that it's easy to love. (laughs) It's easy to love the cute and the adorable. It's easy to love the kind. It's easy to love people that flatter your ego. It's easy to love people who lift you up. It's hard to love people who seem unlovable to you. It's hard to love people who have set themselves up as your enemy. But here's the secret that Jesus knew. You're only an enemy if I agree that you are. You can call yourself an enemy, but if I don't set myself in enmity with you, then I don't have an enemy. You may have one, but I don't have one. Think of the freedom that's in that. So we're continuing our discussion of the pillars of joy. What brings joy into our lives? And we've talked about several things that bring joy. Acceptance, getting with reality perspective, seeing from the other person's point of view, being able to step back a little bit and see the whole picture, or at least a larger picture than the one that's right here. Those are all things that help us to experience joy. But I'm telling you, if you do all of those things and you hold on to every bit of anger and ugliness and grudge and keep score of everyone who's ever done anything against you, you will not experience joy. You will not experience joy. So the two pillars I'm talking about today, pillars of the heart, forgiveness and compassion. Compassion. So forgiveness in Webster means to cease to feel resentment against. To cease to feel resentment against. Because who... Who feels the resentment? Them? No. It's us. To give up resentment or claim of, to requital, to grant relief from payment or forgive a debt. We're even. We're clean. Go on your way with blessings. I am not tied to you. When I don't forgive you, I am tied to you. You get it? When I am able to let go, then we are both free. You can do what you want with your freedom. You may tie yourself all up in knots. I don't know, but I get to be free. And I get to release you to find your freedom, however you find it. It's a lot easier to hit back or to smile and be passive aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we undermine people. It's a lot easier to do that than it is to really, really get into true acceptance and compassion and forgiveness. And a quote from Desmond Tutu, the archbishop in uh, South Africa who died very recently, um, who lived through apartheid, who was born into a system where he was, he and his people were systematically openly put down, held apart, killed, maimed, put in prison for no crime, on and on and on. And yet he led the charge to forgiveness in that country. 
and amazing transformations occurred. Amazing transformations occurred. And he says, anybody who thinks forgiveness is easy or is a sign of weakness hasn't tried it. <laughs> right? In our, our culture tells us that if somebody hits you, you hit back. That's how you be strong. But it is actually a stronger thing to be hit and to not hit back. And I think that what Jesus meant, meant when he said turn the other cheek is not necessarily that you stand there and then let them keep hitting you. It's to present them not with the hurt that they have given you, but with the love that you still have. Think about that. What is the other cheek? The other cheek is I, don't, I, I feel no pain from what you did. I'm letting go of it. Forgiveness is not condoning. It is not excusing. Okay? And here's the thing. This is where the compassion comes in, or part of where the, the compassion comes in, and insight. We have to be able to separate the actor from the action. So this person did something that was reprehensible. That doesn't mean I think it's okay. It doesn't mean that I let it go on. It might mean that I garner every energy within me to fight that reprehensible thing, action. But I separate that human being from that action. That human being is a beloved child of God who committed that action. And how does a beloved child of God, a subject of the kingdom, commit a heinous action by forgetting who they are. Anybody who's ever hurt you has forgotten who they are or never knew. No one ever told them who they are. So when you fight back, you are feeding into their worldview. Every man for himself. Everybody's out there hitting. I might as well hit first. But when you don't hit back, you have an opportunity to say, this isn't the way the world really is, not the way my world is, not the way I remember when I allow the God of my understanding to be totally present within me. When I can allow God to be within me, then I can see that God is in you. Even if I can't see the details of it, I can know it to be true. I can know it to be true. And maybe my not fighting back won't change you at all, but I will not have jumped into the ring with you. Right? We're here to help other people, but we cannot help others until we help ourselves. Our first responsibility is to ourselves, not to getting all we can get, or indulging ourselves, but to remembering who we are at every single moment that we possibly can. And when we remember who we are, then we do take care of ourselves. We are kind to ourselves, truly kind. So why? Why do we? Freedom. Why do we forgive? Freedom. Two-two again. Without forgiveness, we remain tethered to the person who harmed us. We are bound by the chains of bitterness, tied together, trapped. Until we can forgive the person who harmed us, that person will hold the key to our happiness. 
That person will be our jailer. Think about that for a minute. Mad at somebody? Know that you have given that person the key to your own joy. If you're not feeling it, it's because you gave the power to someone else. You get to take it back. When we forgive, we take back control of our own fate and feelings. We become our own liberator. So how do we forgive? Because I've already said it's hard. It's hard. We know it's right to do, right? We should forgive. We should forgive. Everybody knows that. But how? That's where compassion comes in. The only way to be able to forgive is to exercise compassion. And that starts with self-compassion. Compassion means a sympathetic consciousness of another's distress with a desire to alleviate it. Not just, oh, I know you're hurting, but I know you're hurting and I, and I want to do something about that. I may or may not be able to. It's not about fixing it. It's about having the desire for it to be different, having a desire for the pain to go away, having a desire to alleviate the pain of the world. And in order to do that, in order to really desire that other people's pain is alleviated, we might have to get out of some pain ourselves. The pain that we're holding ourselves in as we hand out keys to our jail cell all over town to Lowe's, to the customer service of uh, the phone company, to our next door neighbor whose dog keeps pooping on our lawn, to whatever. Think about all the keys you've handed out that rob you of your joy. You've given other people, even dogs, (laughs) power to take your joy away. So once again, we get to point of view, we get to perspective. Compassion uses perspective. That's why that's a, that pillar of the mind, now we take it into the heart and becomes compassion. We see that people don't know what they're doing. You know, Jesus said that on the cross. Forgive them, they know not what they do. I don't know if truer words were ever spoken because those people didn't know what they were doing. They were acting from fear. They were acting because they believed that someone was going to come and save them politically and that when that didn't happen, that that person that they had decided was going to save them and had decided in exactly what way that should happen betrayed them. Where did the betrayal happen? When I make a promise to myself about what you're going to do and then you don't do it, And then I say I'm betrayed. Who betrayed who? And that's what happened. But Jesus understood. He did not call down curses. Can you imagine being in that much pain? I'd probably want to call down some curses. But instead he said, they don't know. I see them clearly. I see them clearly. They are all so afraid. And they believe things that are not true. And they don't know who they are. Forgive them. And the other thing I like about Jesus' example in that particular occasion is that he didn't say, I forgive them, Father. He said, forgive them, Father. In other words, he called upon that principle of God, of the highest and best within himself, within the world, within every living being. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Took the the Jesus out of it and had the Christ do it. 
Does that make sense? So we all have within us that Christed being, that possibility of getting ourselves out of the way and calling for help. Sometimes I say, help me, and I'm talking to me because I know that there is a better part of me that can come through here if I don't wallow in my pain or waller, as my grandmother said, if I don't waller in my pain. And I know that I have this God that is always with me, always in me, always around me, always there. The Muslims say, and I love this, that there are zero veils between God and us. There may be a thousand veils between us and God, but that's what we put there. So at any point that we want to sweep them all out of the way, we have absolute instant access at all times. So we ask, show me some compassion. Show me how to see this differently. Have you ever tried that? You're really mad at somebody? Show me how to see this differently. Show me how to see it from someone else's point of view. Show me... And this is where humility comes into the compassion, because I'm talking about self-compassion. If you have not had, if you don't know yourself, are not an acceptance of who you are and what you do in this world, then you can't really know that about anyone else. And so this humility comes in that says, how many times have I done not this thing, but something hurtful to someone else? Do I not deserve forgiveness? Did I do it on purpose? Did I do it out of a mistake? Did I do it because I believed something that wasn't true? Perhaps. I believed you were my enemy and you hit me and I hit you back. The truth is, you're not my enemy. So we go into this well of compassion within ourselves and we begin to show compassion for ourselves. Because I promise you, if you haven't forgiven yourself, you're not going to forgive anybody else. And to be able to have that compassion, to open your point of view. Because here, I love this, I love this quote from Rabbi Yehuda Berg. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. That's how pain patterns get passed on generation after generation after generation. Are you aware that you are holding pain patterns from your ancestors? Generation after generation after generation. Here's your opportunity. Break that chain today. Meet anger with sympathy. Contempt with compassion. Cruelty with kindness. Greet grimaces with smiles. Forgive and forget about finding fault. Love is the weapon of the future. Or this quote from Mary Lou Kaunaki, engrave this upon your heart. There isn't anyone you couldn't love once you've heard their story. How many times have you been angry with somebody in your life? You just thought they acted really weird and you couldn't understand why they did what they did and you just didn't have any time for them. You just wanted to get away from you. And for some reason, in some situation, you learned something more about the person. You learned something of their story that made you go, oh, now I see why she does that. Now I see why she's built these walls of defense. 
Ever had that experience? Often, somebody built those walls as a child because they were truly being attacked. And no one ever informed them, you're not being attacked anymore, you can take the walls down. And so they walk through life with these walls and they shove up against your wall. <laughs> and when two walls meet, some brick's gonna get broken probably. What if we understand that I defend myself in a lot of ways, maybe differently from the way you defend yourself, but I need to forgive myself for the defenses that I put up because of my fear. And when I do, I can see what your defenses are or that you are defending. I don't have to see exactly what it is, but I can know that that is the truth of you because guess what? As we say over and over and over again, we are one. We are one. We're not different. We're not separate. We are one. We are one body. We are one body. And so when we know the truth for ourselves, we can know it for others. And so this work of forgiving the world starts right here, right here, coming to know ourselves. And the Dalai Lama says, we can realize that nobody was born to be cruel, to harm us, but because of certain circumstances, causes, conditions, now opposes or hates or dislikes us. So sitting and thinking of the different causes and conditions, you see that if we are angry, we are angry at the causes. And ultimately, their anger, their ignorance, their short-sightedness, narrow-mindedness, not them, but the lies that they've believed. Not them, but their rage, their narrow-mindedness, their ignorance. We're not angry at them, we're angry at that. And when we become angry at that, we open ourselves to be able to love them, to love the person. It brings us a sense of concern when we realize that they are as much a victim of their anger as I am, more. Because people who act angry around me probably don't live with me 24-7. They live with themselves 24-7. I think about that a lot, you know, in this last, probably <laughs> becoming a minister in 2016, which is when I was ordained, <laughs> with the political climate the way it was at that time, the questions I get asked the most then and now are, but how do you love that? Whatever that happens to be. The person who's on television proclaiming things that absolutely are not true. The person who is continuing to victimize certain seg segments of the population. The person who is, whatever. How do I love that? Here's the deal, don't love that. Don't love that. That's not okay. You do what you can with your actions, with your vote, with your words to change that which is not lovable, but you understand that the person is not that. And that to be a person who is spouting hatred is much worse than to be hated. Because as I have said over and over again, hate never wins, never, ever, never did, never will. Hate will never win in this world 
until the moment that you allow it to win you. When someone else's hatred brings you into hatred, then hatred has won and you have cooperated with that. And so forgiveness isn't just a nice idea. Forgiveness is life and death. Forgiveness is, am I going to be the soul that I was born to be or am I going to keep that covered up in blackness? So forgiveness becomes not about, yeah, they did this terrible thing and I'll, I'll be a good person and let it go for now until they do it again. It's not that. That may be part of the process, but the process is I understand that in your truest nature, as a child of God created in love, you would never do this to me or to anyone else. And it is only because you do not know your true nature that you're, that you're able to do that. And when I fight back against you, am I helping in any way for you to understand your true nature? And what if I say, you know what, I hear what you're saying, and I love you anyway. <laughs> I tell you, y'all, nothing stops an argument like agreement. <laughs> I remember this one time we were having our fence rebuilt, and we had our dogs out in the backyard, and usually there was a fence between us and the neighbors, and they were good dogs. They didn't run out of the yard, but this other dog ran out of the house, and our dogs, without a fence there, thought they were in their yard which they might or might not have been. Anyway, our kindest, sweetest, most loving dog in the world sort of attacked this dog. Didn't actually draw blood or hurt it or anything, but got really scary and went, <laughs> and it was a house sitter that was next door and she started screaming and cussing at me. Get your blankety blank blank dog off of my blankety blank 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 and you've got a blank and you've got a blanking nerve to blank blank. And I said, you are so right. You are so right, and I'm sorry. You're, you're going to pay for the vet. If there is a vet bill, I will pay for it. Just, I just, whatever she brought up, I didn't argue. I just went, mm-hmm, yes, yes. And she finally went, okay. <laughs> How can you argue if no one's arguing with you? And, and not out of mockery, okay? Not out of mockery, but out of a sincere desire to see what is true in this situation, a sincere desire. And even if there is disagreement to say, you know what, I'm willing to listen to you. I hear what you're saying. You don't even have to say you're right. You can just say, I hear that. Yes, okay, I hear that too. I hear that. I hear that. People run out of steam pretty quickly when you don't interrupt or argue. And then there might be a playing field where you can have a discussion about what needs to be done. Or there might not, but either way, you haven't shown your you-know-what. You have faced forward the whole time. <laughs> faced forward with the truth of who you are. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not allowing anyone else ever to take away our knowing of the truth of who we are in God, of who we are in love. So how do we forgive compassion? Self first, we have to get honest with ourselves. Because if we say, well, I've never done anything wrong, 
then we're gonna hold a pretty high standard to other people. No one else can do anything wrong either. But is it true that we've never done anything wrong? No, probably not. Probably not, and we don't get to pick and choose. Well, I don't do that. I might do this other thing, but that's not what we're talking about right now. What do we do? What are the ways that we mess up? What are the ways that we forget? When are the times that we're most likely to forget who we are? Know that about ourselves and know that we are worthy of forgiveness no matter what. Because those times of forgetting are not the truth of who we are. And then we can begin to know that for others. So remember who you are as a child of God and care for yourself in that way. When you do, you can begin to see with the eyes of God, with the eyes of love. Think about what you value, freedom. Do you value your freedom enough to not hand out your jail cell key to someone else? Do you value your joy enough to not let one person doing one thing get all up in it and destroy it for you? Do you value your maturity? Do you understand your worth? And then we get to celebrate ourselves. We get to celebrate our growth. We get to celebrate every small victory. Every time we almost retorted and didn't. <sighs> thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for holding my mouth closed because I don't think that was me. <laughs> Might not could have done it by myself, but God will do it for me when I ask, when I'm open, when I allow, when it's my true desire. And then we enter into this experience of oneness. And that's really what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is the point at which we realize there's nothing to forgive. We're all here doing our best. And the only way for more of us to learn how to do better is for more of us to do our best to be better and example that for one another and mirror it back to one another and tell one another in words of truth, not just smoke blown, but words of truth, how valuable, how important, how beloved we all are. And we understand then that in that oneness, whatever there is to forgive, is actually me just forgiving myself. Because if there's only one, who am I going to forgive? There's only one of us here, not two. The Hindus say not two. <laughs> I like that. Oneness, not two, one. The degree to which I love myself is the degree to which I can love the world. The ways in which I limit love for myself are the ways I limit my ability to fully love the world. That is a quote from me. You can take it to the bank. The ways that you limit your love for yourself are exactly the ways that you limit love for others. So if you find yourself getting angry at somebody, take a look at what that means for you. What am I holding on to about myself that I'm not willing to forgive? And then do it. Ask for help. Call on that compassion. We're here for you. There's only one of us. Thank you.
let's take that into a moment of meditation. Kent, I'm going to do a little chant, and then you'll find me, and you can take it up from there. So just get yourself sort of into a comfortable position if you're not already. Close your eyes if you're comfortable or just let them be in soft focus. Maya Angelou famously said, when we know better, we do better. that when we know better, we do better. You come into community with people who remind you of the truth of who you are. And you can see when you look at them the truth that is true for you, too. I forgive me. I forgive me for not knowing then the things that I know now. I accept me. Accept me. I'm not perfect, and I love me anyhow. Can you think of your imperfections with gentleness? Draw to mind. Any way in which you often or maybe habitually disappoint yourself. And know that there's something that you don't know or perhaps that you aren't letting yourself know. And that you're not guilty. You're still a child of love. your heart to forgiveness of all.
hold someone in your mind that you've given your jail cell keys to. feeling of forgiveness and simply practice those words oops I forgive me I forgive me <laughs> a judicious use of the word oops might be your best friend oops that wasn't my best Just at that moment, you've declared that your best exists. Your best is the love that lives in you. Oops. And then a small prayer. Let me learn from this so I don't have to do it over and over and over again. Think of someone who repeatedly offends you. What if instead of allowing that offense to bring up the worst of our anger, what if we were able to say, oops? Just inside of ourselves, oops, that wasn't your best. You've forgotten who you are. And then a small prayer, God, help me to be reminder of the love that is the truth for both of us. Oops.
oh well. Oh well means there'll be another opportunity. May we be awake for every opportunity to love. And so it is. Amen. Mm-hmm.